Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Welcome in Reno, ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. Adam Candy is here. Treasure Island is the spot. It's Steve Cofield. Ari's running the show. Angel running things down here. Before we get to the big four at four, you know I'm a big New Orleans fan, so I'm very jealous of Raiders fans who get to go to New Orleans. You can hear me get all fired up. Last hour we were talking to uh, Ross Jackson, who's in NOLA, does Locked On Saints podcast, does uh, work with uh, WWL, one of the uh, legendary blowtorch stations in the middle of the country. Candy, have you been there before? Have you been to New Orleans? I've traveled all over this great country, Steve Cofield, and somehow never been to New Orleans. Oh, my God. You got to go. It's a, First of all, you got you to walk everywhere. It's a great walking city. It's old, 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 old. It's multicultural. You're going back to French and, and Spanish times. You know, uh, Both of them kind of ruled the city for a long time. It is – I think people love or hate it. Uh, we were talking about our producer, Ari, who is not a, not a very adventurous eater – and also as a germaphobe, New Orleans is, like, super gritty and dirty in certain areas. He would not be able to handle it. You've got to be an adventurous eater. You've got to try things. Uh, but if you, if you like that stuff, and you can also deal with the fact that it's old, man. It's old, so it's going to be a little bit dirty. The bathrooms are a nightmare because the, all the buildings are old. Like, when I, when I go every year, I go, you know, once a year, um, when I go with – my lady friend, the SO, the significant other, we, like, a lot of the trip is just talking about, like, oh, how was the bathroom? Was it good? Like, you like you know the good bathrooms up and down Bourbon Street and kind of the surrounding areas. So, it's it's a great place. I'm, and like I said, I'm jealous. Raiders fans who are going, you're going to have such a freaking good time. And when you mix it with Halloween, um, I should be a, a complete nerd here and send out some of my Halloween pictures of the past from New Orleans so people can mock on me. But it, they're they're, like really into Halloween. Best Halloween costume you've ever had in New Orleans? Oh, that I've, I've never gone during Halloween. I'm always there a couple weeks before, so we never get dressed a, up. I thought you were saying you were there. Uh, wow. No, they, they, they do it. You were there. They do it All for right. like five yeah. weeks before. Oh, okay. But, I mean, name but, a city, name a city in the country where there, some of their tourist sites, you get to take tours of cemeteries. Wow. Okay. That's New Orleans. Um, I, now, I thought it was crazy a minute ago when you were talking about that your favorite hang in New Orleans was a place where the bathrooms were blown up and you could multitask <laughs> by doing laundry. Yes, even yes. though that sounds like, honestly, taking Casa Cofield and just sticking it in another state. Pretty but much. now you're telling me that I'm going to be taking a tour through a cemetery where there apparently are no bathrooms. There's no bathrooms there now. Yeah, like that. Now that this sounds dangerous. There's giant tombs. Families have thirty and forty family members going back three hundred years, maybe two hundred years. Buried. Is that there, your dream? So. Is that your dream to Is be buried your... in a in a giant tomb um, with with thirty or forty other people? With thirty or forty of my family members? Yes. Um, well, or would it get too crowded in there? I feel well. Do we, do we have to answer this? Really? I mean, um, I guess that was a joke. So you brought it up. Yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah. no! Oh, do I, oh no! I'll I'll plead the fifth. You brought up cemeteries oh. and blown up bathrooms and the three-legged dog. Well, the I'm reason just I played into the bit, Steve Cofield. It's not a bit. Uh, that's really all stuff about New Orleans. But the the cemetery mention is that they're so steeped in Halloween that you know even their cemeteries. You know, they, they kind of, you, you get all fired up about freaking cemeteries. It's it's bizarre. Big four time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Four at Four Number Four 
Candy, we had another incident in an NBA game where a fan got too froggy. Uh, you can tell everyone about the incident. I, I just wonder when people are going to ruin it for the rest of us who want to go to NBA games, and there's going to be like a mesh screen that encircles the court. So we're talking about a Brooklyn Nets game, and some jabroni fires a cup onto the floor while Kevin Durant is shooting free throws. What is He's going to distract him? Okay, fine. Well, what happens is the cup nearly hits Luca, And Luca is uh, understandably like, what the hell? This guy gets tossed. And you know what, Steve? Don't let him back in Barclays. Don't let him back in any NBA arena. If you do something that stupid, you are too mentally deficient to be allowed anywhere inside an NBA arena. Because like you said, any, any, any arena, up the rest of us. Any arena. Anywhere where there's saying. a crowd of people and we've all got to kind of trust each other. You don't get to go to back in. Yeah, you, you're not allowed with other people. No, that's it. You're you're too stupid. You're, you're dumber than the people who run on the field. Uh, they're stupid on their own level. But stop it. Stop doing dumb crap like this. Y- yes, you're close. That's the whole idea. That's part of the fun of going to go- games in college basketball and in the NBA. You get to be close and you get to feel like you're part of the action. But much like some of our fine establishments in Las Vegas where it is look but don't touch, guess what? Same thing when you're in an NBA game. You are not part of the action. Just look. Number three. What happens first, Candy? Cooper Cup gets fined for words or the Chiefs get fined for Britt Reed's actions. Hmm. How dare Cooper Cup speak out as a guy who has suffered a catastrophic knee injury and say that there shouldn't be turf in the NFL when we have 40% of stadiums that still have artificial turf. It's a multi-billion dollar business that goes and makes collisions at speeds with people of sizes that is unnatural. You're going to have injuries. It's going to be part of the whole thing. So why are we not doing everything we can to reduce every other potential type of injury there could be in the NFL? Cooper Cup said this week, all fields should be grass. Steve uh, Pete Carroll said earlier this week that they should all be grass. Why why are we not doing this? This happened in the wake of DK Metcalf and JC Jackson both getting hurt at SoFi Stadium where there's artificial turf. We built a $5 billion stadium that has artificial turf. Come on. We're past this. The whole idea of specializing stadiums is that you can put in a field that can be kept up. You're talking about a field that needs to be used 10 times a year. You can have grass for 10 times a year when you're building a single-use stadium for billions of dollars. It's ridiculous. What's the overall revenue now of the NFL? Is it over $15 billion a year? Yes, when you factor in the TV money that's involved, look at how much money is being spent on every new stadium. $2 billion for the Raiders stadium. It's going to be close to $2 billion for the new Titans stadium. Why is it that we cannot find a way to manage grass? Because here in Vegas and in Arizona, which should be the two places that it's the hardest in the world to keep up grass, we put it on a little microwave tray, roll it out into the sun, and then bring it back in the stadium. It is pretty amazing when you think about it, and... You got me thinking on the whole grass thing. A lot of colleges don't have grass fields. Like, I was at Notre Dame last week, and they've got turf. Who has more money than Notre Dame? And they had they had grass, I think, up until 2013. I, I wonder if college football players who have potentially – I'm sorry, college football recruits 
who potentially have millions of dollars at stake, if any of them actually make a decision based on the playing service, I would love to see someone come out and go, you know what, I'm not playing. I Like, this is all, all of this right here, my body, you know, my future. I can't take the risk by playing on a turf field, so I'm only looking at grass field, <laughs> grass field universities. But they absolutely should be. Non-contact injuries should be eliminated at any point possible in the yeah. NFL. There's there is no benefit to the turf other than to be cheaper for people who don't want to maintain grass. And my point on Cooper Cup being fine because he's speaking out against the league and the Chiefs. My Chiefs comment is related to Britt Reed, the son of Andy Reed. Sentencing was due to go down today for the accident he got in where he hurt. Seriously, a five-year-old, he was drinking before at the Chiefs facility. Sentencing got pushed off now. I think it's delayed a week. Is that what the NFL is waiting for, to come out with some you know grand statement against the Chiefs and slam them with some kind of fine? Hey, we know they're paying attention to the conduct of the Chiefs because we right? know that uh, Chris Jones could be sitting out two games here. Right? Well, Frank, Frank so, Clark. So Frank, Frank, Clark, my apologies, Frank, Frank Clark. Frank Clark. No. Frank, Frank Clark. Frank, so Frank Clark had guns in his car. He's yeah. out for two games. Yeah. And to this point, nothing has happened with the Chiefs. With Burt Reed, really. Number two. Pretty outrageous. All right, I'm just going to drop this one on you. There are a lot more comments than this, but hey, this is the basic premise of what. Uh, Emmanuel Acho was saying, comparing some quarterbacks from the draft class a couple of years ago. Yo, it's time to quiet down all this Twitter talk. Tua Tungavailoa is better than Justin Herbert. Simple. Tua has 17 wins and 9 losses in his career. Justin Herbert, 19 wins and 20 losses. He's a losing quarterback. Tua has 2 less wins than Justin Herbert in 13 less games. There you go. Tua is better than Herbert. Take the floor. Look, Cofield, famously, football is an individual sport. One player wins games all by himself, and that's exactly what's happened. Yeah. Tua Vailoa has gone out there and won more games than Justin Herbert. The other 50-odd players on the roster haven't done a damn thing. So you, the quote you said said, Justin Herbert might win a quarterback beauty pageant, yep. but Tua Vailoa is the better quarterback, period, for Emmanuel Acho. And you know why this makes me mad? Tua's gorgeous. <laughs> Two is a beautiful man. Why are we talking about Tua Tagovailoa as though he could not win a beauty pageant? Do y'all remember Justin Herbert showing up on Hard Knocks? You remember the haircut? You remember the Terrible. acne? Yep. Very zitty. Horrid. Very zitty. No. Oh, oh, God. He was a clear sill ad waiting to happen. And we're going to talk about how Justin Herbert is going to win a beauty pageant over Tua Tagovailoa. I hate it. By PFF numbers. This year, Herbert 17, Tua 10, career-wise not even close. Why do you think Herbert is better than Tua on the field, not you know, aside from what you see in the mirror? Oh, dear God. Uh, uh, where do we start with this? Uh, first of all, one of those two quarterbacks has the single best arm in the NFL outside of Josh Allen. Uh, and yes, I'm including Patrick Mahomes in that. If you just want to talk pure arm, Justin Herbert slings the ball better than anyone. Now, is he as accurate as Patrick Mahomes? Is creative? No, he's not. Uh, he has shown that what you have to do to be a successful NFL quarterback, he can do. The problem is his offense doesn't ask it of him anymore. <laughs> Justin Herbert last week had an average depth of target of six yards. Like, that offense is restricting him in the ways that Tua Tagovailoa used to be restricted before Mike McDaniel got to Miami. Yes, Tua has occasionally been accurate. 
But Justin Herbert has every tool you need to be a modern superstar as an NFL quarterback, and Tua simply doesn't. He cannot push the ball down the field the same way. The reason this Chiefs offense is successful right now is because you have two speedy, game-breaking wide receivers who not only can catch deep ball, but also are getting yards after catch in a way that the, the Los Angeles offense does not allow. Number one. Well, I'm so glad you brought in you know what's happening this year. And you said Chiefs by mistake there. You meant Dolphins with uh, with Tyreek and, and Waddle. I got what you were saying, but just for the audience, ah! um, o, o coordinator makes such a difference to a quarterback. And what I've seen from Lombardi so far has been substandard. It just has been. And McDaniel is awesome. Josh McDaniels, we'll carry this over when we talk to Stanford Rout, but Josh McDaniels threw something out that you thought was kind of interesting in terms of when they, you know, when they weren't running the ball early and why they're running in a lot now. So the quote from Josh McDaniels from his press conference that just kind of raised my eyebrow said this. The first few games of the season, we really fell out of balance a little bit, so the wear and tear on Josh Jacobs was pretty minimal. Honestly, because we were behind and we threw the ball a lot. I realized that running in 2022 is actually a little bit up among certain teams but we know that the modern nfl is about throwing the football and correct me if i'm wrong but josh mcdaniels was hired because he was supposedly the brains behind tom brady and making mac jones better and the las vegas raiders went out and got Devonte adams this year not as a decoy but as the key to supercharging a passing offense yeah, they've run the ball through Josh Jacobs because they've had to here in the last week or two because Houston is the worst run defense in the NFL. But are the Raiders really going to be a running team after investing all they have in the passing game? Big Four Four presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyers in Reno and Las Vegas, 766-1400. I think the better the leaders handle that and the more consistent we all approach the next phase of whether it's the day, the game, the, the week, the better off we're going to be. I think it's real when you say to focus on the process, not the results. You really have to do that because if you if the process becomes better each week, then the results will change. And so that's basically what we've tried to stick to. It's time for former Oakland Raider and NFL insider Stanford Routes on Cofield and Company. Josh McDaniels on the way back. Raiders with a big game this week. And every game is a big game when you start out as poorly as the Raiders did. They're 2-4 and four now. That all said, the AFC around them is kind of crumbling. So, very interesting season unfolding. Former Raider, NFL insider, Stanford Rout is up with us here on a Friday. Stanford, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good, pretty good, fellas. Hope you're doing fine as well. Yes, uh, I'm down on the Strip, Halloween weekend. So, yeah, everything's pretty good. So, McDaniels was talking about trusting the process. I know that's from the NBA, but, you know, dealing with the process and the results will follow. When you're on a team that isn't winning, how hard is it to keep listening to process, process, process? Oh, man, it is difficult. <laughs> like, I think uh, to say difficult is probably an understatement, but that really is truly what you have to do. You have to be able to trust the process, and you have to be able to enjoy the process. A lot of people, they want to sit up, and they only want to have fun during the, the, the good times, you know, or should I say the successful, things like that, but you have to you have to be able to fall in love with it because that's what this is all about. You got to be able to try to find a way to trudge your way up the hill. And at times it may get trying. At times it may get uh, to a point. Let's let's go ahead and call it uh, uh, discouraging. 
but you have to be able to go ahead and push through because otherwise you'll never be able to get to the other side, and that's what Josh McDaniels is talking about. And the way I let in is a bit of a bit uh, misstatement. They're you know they're they're not losing. They've won two of three, but it was the start that I was referencing. So Adam Candy and I were just talking about the look of the offense, right? And what McDaniels is doing here is this a running team now? When we thought it was going to be a passing team, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, you know, based on the way Josh McDaniels, or sorry, Josh Jacobs has been running as of late, you kind of wonder, is it now a running team? Which makes you wonder, okay, so why did you put so much into Derek Carr when you didn't have to a year early? Why did you go and trade for Devontae Adams? I mean, we all know why they traded for him because he's yeah. a, one of the best players in the league. So uh, right now, I think it's just like what Josh McDaniel said. It's a work in progress, and you have to go ahead and embrace the process and be patient with the process. So I think right now the Raiders are still finding their identity. And when you look at it in its totality, the way that they've been winning as of late doesn't mean they're a winning team as of right now, but the way they've been winning as of late, you have to go ahead and lean on the run game and say that right now they're a running football team. Stanford, let's say you're on the New Orleans Saints defense and you hear a quote like that and you're expecting to see more of Josh Jacobs than you are of, say, Devontae Adams or Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro. How do you feel about that? Okay, now, <laughs> repeat that question back to me. I want to make sure that I answer it perfectly. Well, Go ahead. well I want, I, I'm just saying, let's, let's say that you, Stanford Route, are starting a cornerback for the New Orleans mm -hmm. Saints this week. And, they and the game plan that the Raiders decide to use against you is more of the run and less of the pass. What do you think about that? I mean, it is what it is. It just goes to show that maybe they feel more confident in leaning on the run game and less confident trying me as a corner. So in a way, I kind of take that as a compliment. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, you're going to be able to have your, uh, your moments where they try you. Even on a running football team, they're still going to throw the ball a decent amount of times. But going into a game, if the Las Vegas Raiders were going to lean on the run heavily against – let's say presumably if I was a New Orleans Saints corner, like you just said, uh, you take that as a compliment. Maybe they just don't want to try you. Maybe they're nervous of you. Maybe they're scared of you, something like that. But nonetheless, I got to now come up and make tackles in the run game. So no matter what position you're playing on the defensive side of the ball, whether they want to lean on the run or the pass, you still have to make plays in your respective position to make your team, or should I say elevate your team to being successful and coming out with a W. All right, last week we got to watch the Stanford Route Bowl with the Raiders taking on the Texans. Uh, no one is going to mistake the Texans for one of the best teams in the NFL. <laughs> however, however, we got to see the Raiders' defense in the second half, have some plays to build some confidence up, etc. When you're a team that's struggled defensively like the Raiders have in the early part of the year, how much does it build you up, even against an opponent who might not be the best, to have the kind of second half that they did against Houston? Uh, I think that you just got to just continue to push. I think uh, obviously we saw in the game against the Texans, they gave up some plays. They made Davis Mills actually look like he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league uh, uh, on certain plays and, or in certain situations. And you just got to find a way to go ahead and push past that and continue to try to get better. Obviously, right now, the New Orleans Saints are going to be starting Andy Dalton over at Jameis Winston. You still have to go and make plays because every week presents a different challenge because every week is a different type of player, a different type of quarterback, different type of receiver, different type of offensive coordinator. So no matter what, from week to week, 
you want to try to come out victorious, but you got to put it to bed by I'd say Monday night is usually uh, for 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 how most coaches try to uh, go ahead and perceive it, and for players and get ready for the game on Sunday because nonetheless, you have the New Orleans Saints, Andy Dalton. You got an Alvin Kamara. You got a barrage of other players. So you still have to make sure that you are on your P's and Q's as a defensive back, as a linebacker, as a defensive lineman. It doesn't matter. Former Raider Sanford Rout joins us every Friday here on Cofield and Company. We're live at Treasure Island, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. We got the book right here. I might make a bet in a couple of minutes. I was talking about the AFC crumbling around the Raiders. It's been really interesting, kind of that middle ground around the Raiders. I want to talk about the top end of the AFC. Early in this show, we were both kind of loving on the Ravens, saying, hey, their, their record is deceiving. They're a better team than they've shown with a 5-3 and three record. How close are they to the Chiefs and the Bills? Oh, I think there's probably still a good distance away just because when you look at how Lamar Jackson has had his struggles in the fourth quarter, I believe going into last night, he, was, he had the lowest uh, QBR or the lowest uh, uh, passer rating in the fourth quarter among quarterbacks. And when you're playing against Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills, you can't have that. Where in the fourth quarter, you're actually playing at your lowest because Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes, they're playing off a high octane. They're getting better when that fourth quarter rolls around. So right now, to ask me that question, I would say that the Chiefs and the Bills are still head and shoulders above everybody else in the AFC. All right. Now here's the question. Ready? Because the Raiders are in this group. Listen closely because I'll go through all the teams. We got Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, 1, 2, and 3. I think that's clear. After that, who's the number four team? Chargers, Dolphins, Titans, Raiders, Jets, Patriots, Colts, Browns. I mean, who's the number four team in the AFC? Could it be eventually a 2-4 and four Raiders team that could rise all the way up to be the fourth best team in the AFC? And that's exactly where I was just about to go with that. You know, when you really look at the standings right now in the AFC, the Los Angeles Chargers are sitting at the number seven spot. So they would have the final seed entering the playoffs that they would start today. And what are they, four and three right now? The Raiders are just two games behind that. So you have a very packed, should I say, mediocrity as far as the majority of the teams in the AFC right now. And that, to me, right there, that's why the NFL is so great. The parity is what keeps everybody from really, really being able to separate themselves. Or should I say, kind of like that one crab, being able to jettison, or should I say, ascend itself out of that pot. So that's why I believe the Raiders, they're still in this thing. Obviously, they had an ugly start to the season. There's no doubt about that. Blowing leads against the Arizona Cardinals and the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday Night Football. But I think that because they stubbed their toe early, and because they did knock them out, knock them to the canvas, but they're still able to get back up. I think that uh, they still have a chance, and that's why you're still seeing the optimism exude from this team, and especially from Josh McDaniels. What do you think the Broncos are going to do in London against the Jaguars? Oh, I hope that they lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> in London. I can tell you that much. Uh, you know, it just seems like right now with uh, Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson, it just seems like there's some sort of a disconnect, some sort of a discord because the defense is still playing pretty well. But it just seems like this offense is not gelled so far early on in this short season. And uh, I really don't know exactly what they're going to do. I would probably venture to say they're probably not going to play well because, number one, they're traveling. Jacksonville, they have the advantage of they've been playing in London every year pretty much ever since they started having uh, games overseas. So Jacksonville is a little bit familiar, should I say, with playing across the pond. 
Denver is going to be a longer fight for them. This is something that they don't do that often. So I would go ahead and I would put my money on the Jacksonville Jaguars winning uh, on Sunday against the Denver Broncos. I'm sure you saw the story about Russ Wilson not sleeping on the plane. Teammates are sleeping. He's doing high knees. He's getting ready. He comes off the plane. He tells everyone about it. Uh, A lot of people are kind of looking at him like an annoying Johnny try too hard. Um, I actually, if I play, if I played with Russell Wilson, I actually would like what he's doing because he really is embracing the nerddom, the cornball, and I think he's actually taking a lot of pressure off of a lot of the Broncos who also aren't playing well. I mean, yeah, maybe he is, and I think that when you really look at Russell Wilson, because he's a consummate professional and he's an all-around good guy. That's the thing where it probably draws the ire of a lot of people, especially guys in his locker room, maybe on the field and off the field even. And I think that Russell Wilson, he's authentically, unapologetically himself. And that's what you have to really, truly respect. Because like you just said, Russell Wilson, we all know, he's a little bit of a cornball. But you know what? What's wrong with being a cornball? Because if that's who you truly are, own it. And I think that's why Russell Wilson has had so much success that he's had in the NFL coming into this season. Notice I say coming into this season. And I think that uh, eventually you're going to see the Broncos go ahead and get their stride. You're going to see them go ahead and get their footing. But I think right now, uh, when you look at Russell Wilson being the leader of that franchise, he's a little bit of a different person. He uh, he is. But do we all do we need everybody to be the same type of guy? Do we need everybody to all fit in that one box of football player where they're a little bit of a meathead? They 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 <laughs> answer the questions a certain way. Do we need everybody to be no. monolith? Nope. Like so, that's why to me, I embrace. Uh, being different, being weird, and that's why for Russell Wilson, I respect him for unapologetically being himself. Stanford, we appreciate the time. Enjoy Friday Night Football tonight in Texas. We'll see you. You guys be good. Talk to you next week. Stanford out, the former Oakland Raider. We'll continue on that because Candy's throwing up his, his hands in the air about the authenticity of Russell Wilson. It's a Nevada Sports Talk Hour, Cofield and Company on ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas. The Super Bowl bubble is about as small as I've ever had. I usually have eight teams in it and three on the edges. Right now, I got five teams in my Super Bowl bubble and a handful of teams on the edge, and I don't really think those teams on the edge have much of a chance to win a Super Bowl. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, Colin. Yeah, we love the herd. Fox Sports Radio, you can hear him Monday to Friday, often pull stuff from his show, as Ari did there. Uh, the bubble, maybe a little smaller than the beginning of the season, but we're seven, eight games into the season. Pump the brakes, calm down. A lot's going to happen from here. It's a long season. We, I mean, hell, Candy, week to week. Go back a couple of weeks with the Patriots. We're like, oh, here we go. Turn in the corner. Then they play the Bears. You're like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. I mean, it, it's teams are trying to find themselves. There's been a ton of in ton, ton of injuries. I want to continue on that. Where number four? Where number four theme in the AFC? But first, you were throwing your hands in the air when Stanford Route and I were doing the Russ Wilson Love Fest. Authentic brother. He's authentic and he's embracing his authenticity. How dare you challenge that? That's completely the opposite of what it is. There's nothing authentic about it, and that's what everybody's clowning. Yeah. That 
You saw the Justin Tucker clip from the plane last night going home. I hope everybody had a chance to see this. If you haven't, go out there and find it on social where Justin Tucker, uh, someone had a little cell phone video of uh, saying what's going to be happening on this plane ride home. He said, well, I heard Lamar is going to be leading everybody in high knees. Ravens flock. Let's fly. They should. Worry about your halftime field goals there, Tucker, before you're mocking on anyone else, right? Your kicking's kind of falling apart, bro. Going after the goat kicker, huh? So uh, Yeah, pretty much. This is exactly what happens when you're not yourself. Everybody else looks at it and says, yeah, dude, who are you trying to be? We'd be fine with whoever it is that you are, but who is it that you're playing? So, all right, you, I think he's completely inauthentic, and that's the problem everybody has with him, but I'll play along with your, with your concept for a second. So if it works, and he's unapologetically himself, and he doesn't have to be the same, why do they suck? Hackett? Like, that's really the problem. In, oh, it's all Hackett? A lot of it is. And, 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 and Russell Wilson's never overcome a coach who we thought restricted well, him before. I, I think we're actually seeing that Pete Carroll and John Schneider you know, really know what they're doing. I, I don't think winning is what they should be doing, which is a topic for another day. Um, no, the Broncos, first of all, Coming into the season, I don't think you or I were on this Broncos train thinking they were going to win 12 games. I thought they would be slightly improved. I didn't like their roster that much last year. I didn't love it going into this year. I thought they were probably going to be, at top end, a 9 or 10 win team. They've played a ton of close games. His mismanaging, Hackett's, on the sidelines has hurt them. He's made some stupid moves. Wilson doesn't look as good as he's you know looked in the past but there's the the blame there's plenty of blame well the blame can be passed around to plenty of people it can but we've seen quarterbacks overcome bad coaches more than we've seen coaches overcome bad quarterbacks Aaron Rodgers did not get along with Matt LaFleur early on they were still winning 13 games up there in Green Bay I I have to be honest I was more in on Denver than that I thought Denver had the chance to be really good this year yeah because Look at what the defense is. The defense is elite. The defense is by far one of the top two units in the league right now. And beyond that, you look at the offensive line, it's actually been really good. They're wasting a good performance in the trenches on both sides of the ball right now. So whether it's Russ, whether it's Hackett, it doesn't matter. The fact that Denver is as bad as it is is stunning considering how well certain parts of the team has played. Yeah, I didn't have the Broncos making the playoffs. I didn't think they'd be, you know, a six-win team, but I didn't have them making the playoffs. Right now, Golden Knights, 3 nothing. Three minutes left in the second. Second goal of the game was actually scored by Riley Smith. He's the third VGK player, at least as a Golden Knight, to score 100 goals during his VGK career. So congrats to Riley Smith. They're rolling under three minutes, 3 nothing right now on top of the Ducks. Cofield and Company, Battleborn Sports Hour, presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Call from anywhere in Nevada, 766-1400. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Watching the Golden Knights here at Treasure Island. Afternoon hockey, Nevada Day, 4-0 now as the clock runs out on the period. Wanted to make sure in the final, like, eight-tenths of a second candy, they didn't score a fifth goal. They are rolling. Uh, Wad just scored. Riley Smith with a goal. Stevenson and Carlson. Big day for the Golden Knights. You know, this hour we're talking about the Raiders' chances of storming back into the 
AFC playoff race. And really behind the top three teams, the Ravens, the Bills, and the Chiefs, it's pretty wide open. It appears with health, one of the most dangerous teams is the Dolphins. Troy Stratford, former NFL player, played for the Chiefs, little you know, about 10 games, but really is known as a Dolphin, does uh, a lot of work around the Dolphins in the media in Miami and joins us here on Cofield & Company in Vegas. Troy, how you doing, buddy? I am doing great. How you guys doing? We're good. You know, we were just talking about the Raiders and trying to fight back into the season. You know, after an 0-3 start, they've now won 2-3. of And, you know, the rest of the AFC kind of in that middle class group seems to be wide open. Am I wrong on this one? I mean, it looks like the, the race for the playoffs is going to be crazy the rest of the season in the AFC. You are absolutely correct. Like, you look across the league and – the records of so many teams is three and four or four and three, somewhere right around there. Either a game over 500 or a game under 500. So not many teams have separated themselves. So, yeah, the Raiders still have a chance. The Dolphins still have a chance. There are so many teams out there that still have a chance. So it's going to be interesting. And I don't know what that says about the National Football League right now. Actually, I do know what it says. It says there is so much more parity across the league than ever before. Because I don't care how good you are, you could still lose on a Sunday. So that's how I see the league right now. Well, if the Dolphins can stay healthy, and especially Tua, Troy, they're set up here to make a run. I mean, they're at Lions this weekend, good offensive team, but terrible defensively. After that, Bears, Browns, and Texans. I mean, if if they keep humming along on offense and they play a little bit of defense, they can come out of this next uh, you know set of games here, eight and three. Absolutely, they can, and that's what we're hoping for down here as Dolphin fans. You know, but you know, me being a former player, like I do a lot of radio or whatever it is down here, and people want to do exactly what you just did and look at the next four games and they say, hey, we could run four off in a row. And I go, ah. I go, stop. I go, NFL players, NFL teams, NFL coaches, they take it one week at a time. And so right now the Miami Dolphins, they got to beat a Detroit team, which I watched the entire game last week when they played the Cowboys. I said, that team is not bad at all. And now you're going up against a former coach in Campbell who used to coach down here with the Miami Dolphins. He was an assistant down here, head coach in Detroit. And I'm sitting there saying, even though it's a a different system, I'm sitting there saying, you know, not so fast. We don't need to look to the following week. We need to win this week. You know, in college we always talk about that – that trap game, you know, you're playing Alabama in two weeks, but yep. this week you're playing, you know, some, some, I don't know, St. Mary or something like that. You get caught up and you end up losing the game. So if I'm a Miami Dolphin player, if I'm a Miami Dolphin coach, I'm sitting there saying, we got to win this week. We can't look to the next week. And hopefully the Raiders are doing the same thing. If you get where I'm coming from. Oh, yeah. No, the Raiders have no choice after an 0-3 start, so they they, they got to they pile up some wins here. We're talking to Troy Stratford, BC guy, Boston College, 
pride of, uh, I guess, uh, Linden, but born in Elizabeth, New Jersey, also where Todd Bowles comes from, the uh, Buccaneers coach. What did you like that you saw from Tua in his return? I'll tell you, there was a really interesting moment with Tua where he got on the run, he had a scramble, and he dove head first. And I think everyone watching was like, oh, boy. But, you know, he's got, uh, he's got nuts of steel, man. He wants to go out there and compete. I'll tell you this. You know, it's a big weekend this past weekend. Uh, it was alumni weekend, so so many former players were in town, right? And then they were honoring the 72 undefeated team as well. So it was a huge weekend. And so we're all at the game, and the first drive with Tua and the Dolphins, he goes to scramble, and there was a complete silence in that stadium for about two seconds only when he went to run and scramble, and everyone in that stadium was like, oh, my God, is he going to get hit? Is he going to be all right? He was all right. Tua needs to learn how to fly as opposed to going head first into defenders. What I noticed the difference when it comes to the Miami Dolphins, and it's so funny because down here there was so many, it was so divided. It was Tua lovers, Tua haters, but it was so divided, like right down the middle, right? I love him. I hate him. He's the guy. He's not the guy. But the Miami Dolphins offense this past week, they looked so much more in rhythm when Tua was under center. So I'm sitting there saying, yeah, Tua, because, you know, I'm one of those guys. I wasn't a Tua Tua hater, but I'm sitting there saying, you know, I need to see more of him. And I was one who also said he needs more talent around him. And he has that talent around him right now. And as long as he's under center, or as long as he's under center, the Miami Dolphins will be perfectly fine. They, they truly will. I, I am convinced of that. Tell me what Mike McDaniel has brought to this offense with all of the talent that is on there now, but they are schemed up a lot differently than they have been in past years. Mike McDaniel has brought... Uh, a scheme that gets people open. It's not like he just has a blueprint of, I want to do this or I want to do that. He has so much flexibility in that offense. And so the Miami Dolphins, they could go out there and they could start dissecting the defense, what they're trying to do against us. And the Miami Dolphins have something that, just about every other team in the league does not have, and they have speed. They have speed. And there's a saying in football, and I'm sure you guys know it, speed kills. You can't defend speed. And so Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, they open up the field and they create opportunities for other players on that football team, and they create opportunities for themselves. So I, I always know this. You know, coming up through college and playing pro ball, I used to hate when, you know, that was that that fast guy on the football team because I would look at him and go, man, I wish I had that speed because you can't do anything about that speed. And that's what the Miami Dolphins have, and that will go a long way 
but they need Tua to be the quarterback for this team. So the, the two big acquisitions from this offseason between the Raiders and the Dolphins, Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, were both available to you when you were starting a football team. It sounds like with that speed, you might lean toward Tyreek Hill. Is that right? A- absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Adams, excellent wide receiver, but he does not have that. He had Aaron Rodgers with him as well, right? He's working with Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not liking him one bit at all because he is top-tier wide receiver. But he has so much more because the quarterback is the key to everything. But when it comes to Tyreek Hill, I can remember going to training camp, very first practice that I went to. And it was the first practice for the Miami Dolphins. And I watched Tyreek Hill and... I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. I remember leaving the practice. I called Mark Clayton. I called Mark Duper. I said, this is insane what he brings to the football team, what he brings to the football field. I said, this is absolutely insane. And they said, okay, I'm going to wait to see it. I said, you absolutely will see it. And it only took me to watch, you know, one practice to see the difference in how he changes the course of a football game. Troy Stratford with us, the former Miami Dolphin. All right, around the AFC East, a very interesting division. We were just talking about who's going to be number four in the AFC behind the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Bills. What do you think of the Patriots? Because week to week, it seems like a different story. And I almost feel like they're going to they're gonna be a seven-win team with Mac Jones, but this guy, Bailey Zappi, might actually keep him in the playoff race. Let me tell you, I'm enjoying this right now. I'm enjoying a little so bit of a yeah. chaos that's yes. going on with the New England Patriots because the New England Patriots, as long as Tom Brady has been there, I, like there's a, an entire generation that grew up in New England, right? Yep. They never seen their team yeah. lose. It's time for okay, you fans to feel losing, lose. right, Troy? Yeah. It's time for these yeah. kids to know what it's like to lose. Yeah, they didn't win the Super Bowl every year, but their team right. always won. There was no chaos that was going on, and right now the Patriots. And I'm going to say this is Bill Belichick's doing. I'm loving this right now as a Miami Dolphin fan. I, I hope they go. You know, merry-go-round with the quarterbacks the rest of the season. I hope they keep losing because they've had an incredible run, which I absolutely respect. I wish that was my team that I rooted for. But right now, you know, the the Patriots, they got to be questioning themselves from the coaching staff to the players. They got to be sitting there saying, okay, what direction are we going in? So, I'm actually, I'm actually taking joy in the struggles that the Patriots yep. are having right now. Join the crowd, right? Uh, we got like 30 seconds left. Are the Jets good? Yes. Okay. Jets are good. They play good defense. They oh, got a nice little good. running game. Their quarterback is playing good football. So the Jets are good right now. It seems like they're responding to the head coach. So, yes, I am going to say that the Jets are good right now. And we'll see what happens moving forward. (laughs) 
Troy, appreciate your time, man. Have a great weekend. Enjoy watching the Dolphins. You got it, man. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. You got it. Have a good night. There he is. Troy Stratford, former running back in the NFL with the Dolphins, doing a lot of media work around Miami. And uh, you know what, Candy? There was a key moment in that interview right towards the end there. Simple question. Simple question I asked him. Are the Jets good? He quickly said yes. We can book him again. We can book him again. He might be a regular every week. Let's do this. Look at you buying into hope. I love this. I, Steve Tokyo I, believes the Jets are good because Troy Stratford believes the Jets are good. I love this. Well, you know, I, I, I did one of my classic bets where if I lose, I win. If I win, I win. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, you always win. I, I bet I bet, I bet, bet under the Jets win total with uh, Willie Ramirez. Willie got all, all spunky. I like that word, spunky. I think we're going to use spunky a bunch in the 5 o'clock hour. Are you cool with that? Yeah, considering you just stole it off our chat, thief. It hit with me. It Typical with me. Jersey. It, Tip, it, you know it, what? It, Typical Jersey. You get a big New York word like spunky, and you're like, yeah, that looks good. We're going to try that one on. Reno, you've been listening to the Battleborn Sports Hour on ESPN Reno. For all three hours, you can listen to the archives of Cofield & Company at LVSportsNetwork.com. Five o'clock hour on the way.